Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 218. Glad you could join us. We got some good topics today, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell, and I am here, and I am adding something to the show list right now. He walked in the door like 30 seconds yeah, like, ago, so... Like, just, just like, I, I haven't even read the show list. I'm like, I'm working my way through it. All right, sounds good. Bait, what's up, man? Hey, everybody, what's up? My name is Bait. Um, I'm a Florida man, uh, and I'm eating the waffles. Did you actually cook them this time? Fuck no, no they're frozen. Frozen waffles. Yet again, another ever. sign of a highly professional and polished media outlet that we are. Wait, like, yeah. like, do you, like, like, break them off with your teeth? Like, is, this, <laughs> is it that frozen? Like, how solid is this waffle that you're trying to eat? Bait that causes death. <laughs> Dead jokes, man. Good job, guys. Proud of you. I, I Bait, will are say, you, are you in a, like, a 55-gallon steel drum? Because you sound like it. Yeah, uh, so the room I'm in is actually really echoey for some reason. It's a large room. And there's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's not enough stuff to absorb the sound. So. Yeah, that yeah I was, bathroom. I was in a 55 gallon drum. That's that, probably true, too. You, you could do that, too. Norm, it, so normally I've been setting up down in the basement where it's like all carpet and all kind of concrete's good sound. Here, I'm, I had to rotate up to my wife's office because I had some technical challenges. So it's all hardwood and you know all this kind of high speed mm-hmm. her little etsy shop and it sounds like i'm in a basketball court where everything's echoing so i can only imagine i have the sound like you by the way <laughs> they say so, it's far worse just for the record so, oh, yeah, God. and, and <laughs> but you need you need cloth like you need some furnishings like you know i don't know a couch some curtains, make great. I, I make carpet i'm looking at two uh, at a, what is this like a love seat almost and then like one of those chairs that you see in your therapist office. Um, so I've got furniture, but I ain't got carpets, hardwood floor. How familiar are you with the therapist bait that you're comfortable with their furniture? <laughs> well, you know, here in Florida, oh, therapist like uh, it, it's some heavy stuff, man. Let's just say that, that I'm quite familiar. I'm like bait. So how many frozen waffles did you had today? You're like, well. I woke up and I had a frozen waffle, okay, and then I brushed my teeth and had three more, mm-hmm. and then I got my pants on, you know, I had six more waffles, and so you're up to, you're up to nine already. Is, yeah. is that a lot? Okay, yeah, that, that's a lot, babe. Well, see, Too I many mean, frozen waffles. And, yeah, so, I mean, and the thing, you, you got to think, with each of these nine frozen waffles, um, you, you've got a, a, a nice dusting of uh, crushed up bath salts and then a little bit of peanut butter. That's the kicker is the peanut butter. Holy shit, Okay. <laughs> I will say though, babe, for the, the waffle thing, like once you get around to actually warming them up, try making yourself like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but with waffles instead Ooh, of bread. Yeah. It's awesome. You should try it sometime. Mm, that is so this. good. All right. So since we're past the drug-induced rant, Jay, what's up? Hey, what's up? My name's Jay. I'm also one of the uh, co-hosts on this, as I said, incredibly polished media machine that is the Biomast podcast. Um and so I am a uh, I am a gamer and a uh, random podcaster and uh, surfer of webs. So what I've been doing lately is actually kind of gearing up for uh, Forsaken and kind of digging into a couple other, which is the Dest- big Destiny update. Uh, and then we're also kind of looking at some other games here and there. Uh, and I've been getting a lot of co-op play in with my mini-me, uh, Boy, as he is known. 
uh, here in the in the last little bit. And in fact, we were playing Destiny with your brother Dante just a little while ago. We were farming some heroic strikes. Yeah, so I, I hopped on Destiny and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just try this heroic strike. And I like got didn't mm-hmm. check the the level like difference. I'm like, oh, it shouldn't be yeah, too they're bad. They're a little different now, aren't they? Oh my <laughs> gosh, like I, it dropped me in with like two people that are like already halfway through the strike. Right, I could not get past the first three enemies. I just left. I'm like, I need to go <laughs> do something <laughs> like. Weenie Hut Jr. version of Destiny 2 for a while to get myself caught up here. but They need, like, uh, the no, Welcome Back Training Wheels course where they're no, like, you yeah, I've been here That's... in a while. <laughs> so, I for, so I forget, you know, like, uh, I, I basically, so I, 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 when I play with my son, you know, he, he's, he's okay. Like, he, he can run through story missions and stuff pretty, pretty well, but, you know, usually dad's there and I'm probably, you know, 80 light, you know, 80 light levels higher than him. And so I'm kind of, I'm just sherping him along, you know, like a little backpack. I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, stand in the rift over here. Just shoot that way. Thanks. Okay, let me go super these guys, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I forget how that works. And then Dante's in with me. And he's a little lower light level than I am. Uh, so I'm, I'm about at max light right now. And uh, Dante's a little lower than me. And then Parker's a little lower than him. And I was like, I am I am going to have to work for these strikes. <laughs> It was He's like, uh, we put the big straps on. <laughs> yeah, no, like I had to, I got up, I stretched out for a minute, you know, like had to do some yoga and got down, pops matter all is some good shit. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's do this. No, but, so that's what good. I do for the podcast. I, I basically like walk around and like poke fun at people like uh, so, yeah, at bait, uh, who's, I, I don't know, 16, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that see, see, it's a teen. He's still a teen. He's still a teen. Uh, it's all the same. That's about it. Yeah, for me, that's about it. Uh, but other than that, what I have been doing is uh, kind of trolling for and doing a little spin foil thinking. Uh, we got some pretty neat topics coming up here in the show tonight because, well, you know, something we we talked about uh, several weeks ago has actually come to pass and it may kind of shake up sort of the world of nerdism. Uh, here going forward, uh, reference uh, the D- the Disney Marvel slash. Uh, how do you get all your all your toys back in your toy box? Uh, buyout procedures that they just went through, which apparently went through, and we're going to talk about that in in depth. And it looks like uh, the MCU may be getting dramatically larger real quick. All right, sounds good. And Livy, you're up. Hello, I'm Livy. Um, I do. Uh, this podcast here and some dungeon crawl with pokey and i will say i absolutely love being with all of you guys as unpolished as this may be um <laughs> so thank you sounds good and i am pokey draven i help host the show here and i have been up to my eyeballs in adobe premiere for the last like two days editing and going through the pains of developing video assets so that's been my life but we should be hopefully seeing some of those in the next few days when i finally finish them up so we'll start with the big one. Like Jay said, uh, the kind of big purchase that Disney has made to buy a lot of assets from uh, 20th Century Fox, specifically from their entertainment division. So, Jay, do you kind of want to start us off with this one? Yep. Sorry, I was hitting the wrong key to, for my push to talk. Um, so he, long story short, uh, quite a bit of legal Ram wrangling later, which is it basically had to go through some antitrust checks with the government, which very understandable, uh, and also a variety of other statutory and uh, uh, financial, economic kind of policy and regulatory hurdles they had to go through. Uh, Disney 
and Fox shareholders have approved a $71 billion exchange, uh, which brings the vast majority uh, of Marvel properties that they had sold out uh, to a variety of other people, predominantly Fox Studios or subsidiaries of Fox Studios many, many years ago. Those are all coming back under the control of Disney. And just to, to kind of frame that, you know, Fantastic Four, anybody related to the Fantastic Four, Dr. Doom, Silver Server, Galactus, all those folks, Annihilus, uh, a lot of pretty big, big names. They, they all are now fair game for MCU, as is the X-Men and all of their big names, as is Deadpool, uh, which I found interesting, and a variety of other things that had pre previously been hinted at um, for uh, any number of different type of products that they would want to bring out. Um, and some, some you've heard about, some you haven't. I won't go into a whole long list, but basically if you can imagine anything you had not seen in the MCU, that was mostly what they didn't own. Uh, and they actually, it's a very interesting story in that the MCU, the, the one we currently see, the Avengers and kind of Ant-Man, Wasp, and like all of those characters, that was what was left that they couldn't sell really, or that they, that, you know, the, the perceived value is much, much lower for those properties than things like, you know, like X-Men and Spider-Man in particular, and, and some of those, and somewhat the Fantastic Four for back when they sold all their stuff out originally. Well, they've really turned the Avengers and all of the characters associated with the Avengers uh, and the, AKA the current MCU into their A-list. Uh, whereas the X-Men, they've kind of plateaued a little bit. And, and they've actually really pulled stuff from their oh, comics yeah. even to, to oh, try yeah. and pressure. Like they, they didn't want to create any new X-Men characters, for example, because then they wouldn't have the movie rights to them by default. So they've actually yep, really absolutely. stripped back every property that they sold off to, to other studios. Yeah. And in fact, for, for a very long time, there was not an actual fantastic four released comic book uh, on the behalf of Marvel for a reason. Now they would use the characters in different ways, but there was no titled fantastic four, uh, like monthly series, really because they were prepping the battlefield, so to speak, uh, so that they could eventually make a play to bring the Fantastic Four back. And then eventually this rolled into, let's just get everything back when Fox and, and Disney started having a, a, a quote unquote big boy discussion about it. So I'll, I'll open this one up to the group. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what do you think we're going to see and how fast do you think we're going to see it? I, I think the spoiler here is it's not going to be immediately but it's probably going to be sooner rather than later. Well, I will say I'm 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 pretty sad that this is this is actually going through because I feel like it's it's Disney has already bought so many big properties that I felt like they were they were already way too large and now they're buying basically the next largest group of property that they don't already own. Um I you know, and that that's concerning to me as far as the Marvel stuff specifically. The big question is how fast, like, the X-Men universe has been around longer than the MCU in movies. Like, I'm, that, feeling, that was, I'm feeling reboot. <laughs> Same I, here. I think that makes like, the most sense. I don't know, though, because they're, they'd are they really be cannibalizing a lot of their own. Like, that that is a, that franchise has been around, what, 20, 19 years I, as a movie franchise? True. I think it was 99. You, you, could, you could argue that was the first uh, well, not the first, but it was probably the, one of the most significant modern kind of superhero franchises out there, uh, aside from probably the Batman movies specifically. But they've also really 
if you look at the continuities of all those movies and some of the one-offs they've done, it's really chopped up. It's kind of all over the place. It's and, well, and stylistically, it's it's re- those movies don't hold up real well. It's got inconsistencies the same way as you know Marvel's own movies do. But uh, you know, it, that's the thing is, I, I wonder how fast they'll be willing to cannibalize that and start over with some of it. I mean, like you know, you can see, okay, well, they've already rebooted. Like soft rebooted X Men, where it's technically the same universe, but they've recast everybody. Um, but I mean, like, then you take into things like Deadpool. Do you see them? Sw- well, okay. So to be fair, they can merge. They can take Deadpool, jump it into the MCU, and then play it off as a joke in the movie that 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 it's in a different universe now. That that's entirely within joke range for for Deadpool. But you know, um. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see because the other thing is, is is that there's already like the the MCU is so overloaded with characters that they're already like having a hard time finding ways to justify all of their existences in the movie. You know, uh, actually, I, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're 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 predisposing that they all have to be in the same movie at the same time. I think Ant-Man and Wasp is a really good example of how not but, to have other people in a movie but again the re- but the reason ant-man and the wasp aren't in it is because they needed an excuse to to strip down the list because they had a, you know their own movie coming out and they wanted to fit that in there's already a lot of juggling there the other thing is is that marvel like so marvel and x-men have released movies in competing time slots right like a week apart and like movies in the superhero genre coming out even three or four weeks after infinity war just nuked you know ratings of, well, of genre movies yeah i think and, that's my, yeah that's kind of to my so, point though they can synchronize that better but i i don't know how much they can like we marvel's already up to a the marvel studios as a as a as a production department you know facility is currently in a three movie a year cadence they used to do two movies a year now they're doing three either they're gonna either they're gonna end up stripping back how many movies that we get total because of this or they're gonna have to somehow figure out how to merge the efforts of the studios they're picking up with fox that do their current comic properties and then merge them into the same storytelling and under the same command structure as kind of the existing marvel studios and try and ramp it up to you know four or five movies a year or i you're gonna i i mean there's only so much you can do no matter how much manpower you throw at something, uh, there's I, a, I mean, well, there's true or certain... false? Were these movies going to get made whether they 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 were going to be they were going to be made whether they were at Fox or Marvel, right? But, but as as competitors, that's a very different thing, especially because you're not trying to manage them together. I think that there's a point where you start to add so many more voices to the room, so many more characters to the storylines, so many, you know, there's so many more moving parts to the whole MCU production machine. There's a, there's a you, point. You where mean you like could, normal comic books? <laughs> yeah. But, no, but I, get, I get it though. If you're trying to sell it, a very different market. I'm just saying, I, there's a, there's a serious concern that, that, they could royally screw up the way they absorb this into uh, sure. their their franchise. Sure, but my point is, who you know? Let, let's be realistic here. Who makes better movies, Fox or Mar or or Disney Marvel? DC, obviously. Yeah, clear, yeah, in some bizarro <laughs> universe that you're in in Florida. So 
Like Flip- Fox provides a lot of movies that I, I I would actually say Fox is probably one of the largest contributors to my movie collection here. I um, said, who makes better movies? I I don't know if pound, I could quantify pound that to pound. a single. You're good, you're, okay, outside of Old Man Logan, pound for pound, you're gonna you're gonna put the, fo- you're gonna put the old, Fox superhero stable up against the Disney. One. Is is Old Man Logan a movie that Disney could make? And the answer is no. Uh, I actually and, think they answered that because when I, they asked very specifically if you've just bought the rights to Deadpool, how do you? They asked Kevin Feige very directly. There, no, no, no. There's how a difference. Gonna, there's a difference between. There's a difference between they'll keep the franchise they already have and they'll create a new one. No, 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 I, no, no, I, no. You're not listening to what I I'm have, telling you. I have he basically no... said the answer is you don't change what they're doing. Right. That's but, the answer. <laughs> I. I do not it, had Disney owned the rights 5 years ago Deadpool would never have existed as a movie. True. It do, but it's, what they also showed is they they back to back reigning heavyweight you know rated R highest grossing movies of all time. So what that what you can say what you want about the Mouse House. They'll be like more than happy to make that Disney logo real 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 fucking small on the corner of the screen when it pops up mm-hmm. and have some Marvel shit on that bad boy. And they're gonna put some bank down. You watch. <laughs> and then the whatever the one or two like salty jokes or cuss words that you're allowed to have in a Marvel movie, like watch. Like Brian Reynolds will pop out of nowhere. He'll be the one person to say them probably all in one scene, then pop out. People will go bananas, they'll lose their mind. I mean, it's really it's really easy to answer this. You just see which studio or which group has made more Fantastic Four movies, and it's very clear on who's you know better at making <laughs> oh, films. I totally forgot about that. Because <laughs> in that, you know, I I, we just, I was talking to my coworkers about it. I said, hey, yeah, I saw this come through on Twitter, and I was like, maybe, just maybe, we can actually get a decent Fantastic Four movie now that Disney owns it. Like, maybe, like I, I'm I'm not crossing my fingers here, but it. It might happen. So well, that, well here's the, here's the thing though. Like I like Jay or Zell, to your point, you're you're not. I don't disagree with you necessarily. That that in theory, you're adding a lot of I, big IPs with a lot of weight to them that you have to juggle. That you're absolutely accurate. Um, what also I think could happen, uh, just kind of like how Marvel is basically kind of coming to an end of its sort of first big sweeping. Um, you know, basically iteration of what the MCU is. And that's really kind of what infinity wars is sort of designed to do. If you think about it, because you have to usher like, like you're not going to get so many, you're only going to get so much more out of Robert Downey Jr. You know what I mean? Uh, So they have introduced some people that can carry other movies and can do things. But if you wanted to bring other, other options onto the table, this is the way you do it. And they don't have to make feature films out about all these people. Probably one of the best things they can do for something like Fantastic Four is you have, you know, whoever, you know, come in as Reed Richards and and like bounce in and out a couple movies as like extras here and there Uh, or not extras, like, you know, like subordinate players, you know, so to speak. You can bring so you can start salting some of these other characters around. The only ones that really you really need to like seriously look at in the midterm, not even the near term, but the midterm where you need to like make a real movie is really the X-Men properties. And again, I don't think that would be that hard um, in terms of how they want to introduce them. And, you know, from a, from a story arc, you know, I think the obvious question is going to be, well, where were all these X-Men and all these other people while all this other drama was going on for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. There's, 
there's a couple ways that they can get after that. And actually, it, it a lot of what what they could do fits really well in kind of the old Marvel Ultimates run, which is really where a lot of the MCU came from. Like a lot of the kind of the, the stylistic nature of what you see in the MCU is right out of the Marvel Ultimates series. Um, and in that world, the mute, you know, the X-Men, the mutants were actually, you know, when you go way, 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 way back in time, the Eternals, like those big giant guys with the, uh, uh, with the, with the gems, with the infinity stones that you saw kind of in and out of some of the guardians of the galaxy stuff and all that kind of jazz, they were, they actually in, in many ways sort of created the mutants because they like dabbled with, uh, like, you know, ancient man and stuff like that doing experiments, which then ultimately led to people having these, these superpower mutations in our current time. There's easy hooks that they have to bring to, to roll this in, um, in terms of where they, where they've been at and what they've been doing. And, and, to be honest with you, that's that's actually something that, you know, in the comic books, people address quite a bit. Something can happen in a, sh- in a shared universe, and it doesn't need to be referenced ever. Something can happen somewhere, and it doesn't always have to be referenced. Because if you look at the sheer scope of everything that's in, you know, like the Marvel or DC comic world, th- there's, you know, galaxy-shaking events happening concurrently, constantly, uh, and they don't get referred to. And that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, so I do think that probably what they're going to do is take a hard look at the movies that are in production right now in some form or fashion and figure out what direction they want to go. Do they just want to keep them separate and then maybe do the old fashioned space time portal thing, which let's be real. we got, you know, infinity stones, magic going and all kind of other stuff down the MCU. Not that big of a stretch. Um, th- there's ways that they could bring these characters in and out and, and introduce them. Um, and, and you're again, you're not wrong. This is a lot to juggle, but it gives them a whole lot of flexibility in terms of what they want to do. It, it, it gives them a ton of flexibility in terms of what, what they can do. Uh, not the least of which, frankly, is for other media outside of film, too. That's one of the things I was thinking about, because some of this you could see getting Netflix. Some of this you could see. Who knows? Maybe it opens up whole new veins for uh, Agents of Shield, something like that, or even a new show. So all, all my all my point is is that all it really does is give them more options. Now, again, I, I think Jake is has got a good point in that that could be maybe too many options. Uh, does it put too much under the Disney banner? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, but we've been saying that for a long time. And and you know the the bottom line is like nobody's made. I mean, there's very few high-quality movies with some of these properties that have been produced by anybody. But again, pound for pound, the Disney the Disney versions of Marvel have been, at a bare minimum, serviceable. You know, generally entertaining. At, you know, at bare minimum, and at their highest level, outstanding. Whereas I think if you look at the Fox properties, there have been a very very few standouts. Uh, that have fallen in that world and a lot of, you know, mediocre and a, and a few really bad, uh, you know, options that they've had out there. So net for a fan, I think this is good. I, I actually, I, I really do. Um, but it is not without risk, which I think is, is Zell's point, And I think he's right in some way, in, 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 a, in a lot of ways. I just don't, I don't have quite the same uh, level of, of concern. I think that he does. 
Well, the way that I kind of had been viewing the recent stuff happening with the the Marvel Universe is that Avengers and Part 1 and 2, whatever you want to call it, was kind of like a, a soft end cap on that block of characters and that they were really ramping up to bring in a new group of of characters to kind of fill the void. And you might still get, you know, uh, Iron Man and Captain America, and they might be, maybe a standalone movie might just be characters in kind of like what they did with Spider-Man, with Tony Stark. You'll still see them, but I don't expect them to keep the same pace of releasing those movies with those characters yeah. as they have been so far. So I think in Dizelle's point, in a way, they're kind of freeing up some space by not retiring, but kind of bringing down that pace of release so they can make room for other characters to come in. And and obviously with, you know, purchasing the assets for Fox, I think that the big one there is is X-Men. That was kind of the big glaring hole in the MCU and, and kind of the one that they were looking to fill. And that's probably the major kind of catalyst behind getting that. So in terms of a reboot, I, I think that is probably the direction they'll go and probably what they'll approach first with these new things. There's a lot of other smaller things that I think that they could definitely tap into, like you said, Jay, but that's that's the big one. And, you know, we've talked about it before, I think that with, you know, the release of Logan, that was a really good, you know, bookend for everything that happened in that iteration of X-Men. I think that, that was kind of a nice place to stop it. And so it makes sense at this point to kind of go that reboot route and go, hey, we're going to new characters, new or same characters, but different actors, different interpretation and kind of build it into what they've already done with the MCU. And, and if that's a, you know, what they were doing while everything else was happening, like you said, I think that's great. Um, it's good for origin stories and kind of slowly trickle those in. And, you know, you may not have a giant Avenger style with like, you know, 40 different characters all at once, but you know, references are fun. Small crossovers are fun. You know, I think there's something they can do there, even if they aren't going to try to cram every single character they now own into yeah. the same movie. Well, and, and the other thing, I mean, it cleans up a lot of little things like the whole um, uh, Quicksilver Scarlet Witch stuff. Oh, yeah. Like that, that could be know, great. That, that was mildly awkward because you had those characters in, you know, like like characters in different sort of movie worlds that were and both of them had to be sensitive to the takes of takes of the other studio for legal reasons. That's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Well, how um, are you going to clean that up now? Because you have a Scarlet Witch in the Avengers that is now very clearly not an X-Men. Uh, true, but they never, not a mutant. but no, that is not what they said, actually. Um, so all they said is that they were enhanced and actually that word came from Captain America. That was, it was never actually described where they came from. Well, they're from Sokovia. True, but where? Okay, all right. Riddle me this: Where do you think they're from in the comic books? Where are they from in the comic books, Jay? They're gypsies. Their mother was a gypsy, and she moved throughout Eastern Europe. Romania. So, like, like I said, it's it would not be out of the stretch for them to add something. But what this, I think, what you're going to see before a lot of these other characters, because they do have to figure out what are they going to do with the stuff in production. That that there are. Le- there are movies that are actually in production now. And I think Dark Phoenix was supposed to start filming like in August. Um, so I'm not sure what, the, so that's what they haven't described is what is the, what is the plan for the movies that somebody's already sunk resources into, or perhaps even started filming or conduct, conducting production type activities for. So it, it, and you never know, they might just keep them all in, in their own in-house little universe, which would, probably be the the very conservative and easy way to do it they basically you keep them in a in a sort of encapsulated universe but you you basically use the marvel machine 
to increase the quality level of the movies. And then for like, you know, that once every three or four year, like spectacular event, you know, big crossover thing, you know, you know, Dr. Strange opens up some crazy portal and, you know, four or five X-Men fall out in front of the, the Avengers or some, some jazz like that, that would not be out of the realm of the possible. And that's what uh, CW does for uh, Supergirl. Yeah. Because yeah, they she's do it a lot that, now. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, that, cause that universe doesn't actually fit with the rest of their four right. other shows. So they just kind of portal her in when it, they want to do the crossovers. Yeah. And, and I don't, and, and that's actually a very common comic book sort of tool that they use as well. And, and to be straight with you, you know what I think you're going to see before you see big widespread, you know, X-Men fantastic four, I think you're going to see some of their, their, their villain roster. I think you're going to see, and I think that's actually probably a better play for him because once you get past Thanos, you, you need kind of some driving, like a larger scale driving bad guy that can contend on the level um, that that they've kind of established, the power level that they've established in sort of the, the current MCU. And there's some easy answers to be real straight with you. I mean, the first one that pops in my mind is Dr. Doom. And that would be an easy way to introduce like characters, not whole movies. So Dr. Doom, the, the real deal is he's more or less a, if you took Iron Man and Dr. Strange and put them together in the same body, but a guy that like, you know, like gave no fucks, that's kind of Dr. Doom. That's why, that's why he can often, uh, you know, hold his own against pretty much any group. Uh, and he's contended with, you know, the Avengers on more than one occasion, not just the Fantastic Four. So there's, I think there's options and the easiest way in many ways, is I think some of the villain roster, just, that's just me. Uh, but some of the cosmic stuff I think has a lot of potential too, because that's, that is definitely something that Feige said that they want to branch more into in this next, in sort of this next sort of, not phase, that's because that's a, has a connotation with Marvel, but sort of this next uh, large macro phase if you will once they get past infinity wars a lot of the cosmic stuff which you see in the thor movies and certainly the guardians of the galaxy but now you can open it up to things like silver surfer galactus uh you know uh, those kind of things I mean, there's a ton of different options that they can start you know dotting in there and it doesn't have to be like world changing events so all in all i think it's kind of cool now i do have a question just generally if, is there something that you would see instead of a movie what do you think like I think Zell, you're you're definitely the 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 best eye in the room on something like Agents of Shield. What do you think might be good ads to something like Agents of Shield or another sort of mainstream show? Uh, and then generally, what do you guys think might be better off for maybe a Netflix offering? I still think that they're going to be really hesitant to say TV shows or MCU. It has not worked well for them. Well, it doesn't it, have to be MCU. See, this that's the thing. None of this has to be like in the canon mcu it's just marvel is driving the property now but i mean I, I and i would go so far as to say that we are already at for for the x-men properties that um they've probably already overextended themselves in tv because they they currently have right now uh the gifted which i've seen an episode of and meant to watch more but haven't gotten around to it uh, Legion, which I watched two episodes of and meant to get more to it, but haven't gotten to it. Uh, and then they have uh, Cloak and Dagger now, which is, is uh, I believe that's kind of the X-Men side of, of the franchise as well. So there's like three different like live action superhero shows that are X-Men based. 
And that's, you know, before you get into any, any of the anime and stuff. Hmm. And all those are on, are they on Hulu or? No, they're all on different networks. So, uh, I, I think, uh, wait a minute. There's another one I'm forgetting. Um, what is the one that's on Hulu? Um, Runaways is on Hulu. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. That's a Marvel um, property? Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, but uh, The Gifted, I want to say, is Fox. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is Freeform, which used to be ABC Family. And um, what was the other one? Uh, Legion is FX. So they're all on different networks. That makes and sense. I, I think some of those right now are straight up on life support. They're like waiting for a red wedding. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to my knowledge, all of them have gotten renewals. No, no, so. no. I, I, I'm, tra- I'm tracking that. What I'm telling you is, like, I like, like, when this has happened in the past with other kind of big exchanges, like, it is not uncommon for like to solve your problem of like, hey, there's too much to, to mess with, but we want to make sure we own the property. Like, the easy answer for somebody like Disney is like, hmm. Show's doing well, but maybe not exactly where we want to go with it. Okay, cool. We're just we're just not going to make another one. We don't need to. And they'll do and, that with and that, and that would feed into my point that we may actually end up with less quality content out there in the franchise wait, 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 wait. because there's quality less owners. Content. Would you say any of those are? I, I think Legion's quality. I, I, the other ones, I'm I'm not too sure about, bro. I, of what I've seen, I've so. Uh, Legion was actually the one that I'm still the most iffy on, where I'm like, I'm not sure where they're going with this. But I haven't seen enough. That's fair. You really do have to watch a few of those, yeah. I've seen two episodes, and I still don't know what this show is supposed to be. I actually own season one. I have the Blu-ray sitting sitting like a couple feet from me. I still don't know what I think about this show. The last three episodes are dramatically better than the first three. And the scary thing is it's, you know, it's hard to get into, into, it's really hard to get into series like that. I, and I understand that, but, um, the gifted just seemed like it was kind of, and I enjoyed what I saw of it, but it seemed like it was kind of the, um, anything you'd see on Sky channel. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the the run of the mill of the um the the superhero family thing which is there's a you know a number of examples of like um uh that I can think of um maybe maybe almost like the capish or or um oh okay black lightning yeah. maybe even a little bit just with the the multiple people in the family having powers and abilities um but uh, you know, k- k- uh, definitely family show. I've heard really good things about Cloak and Dagger, but I have not seen any of it as of yet. I don't. Is it even um, out? Yes. Okay. Um, and I've I've heard it's really good because they're not uh, so that, you know you got these two characters. They got whatever powers. You know more about it than I do. I remember we had this discussion. Um, but I want to say someone was saying they they spent like the first at least like four episodes were entirely dealing with like non superhero problems like real world stuff that they were dealing with with their yep you know um their fairly you know low low key powers compared to the the overall of, of superhero yeah, it's, it's called a tv budget actually it's not even tv budget it's called being on a streaming service budget that's a tv channel it's just a cable channel you know uh, low I, budget I cable channel um but uh <laughs> But yeah, so no, I've heard good things about like all of them. I know people who are fans of the gifted. I know people who are fans of Legion. I know people who are fans of Cloak and Dagger. Um, and I'm trying to remember what I heard about Runaways. I don't think it was negative. Though. I I didn't so, even know about that one. Um, 
I, well, Runaways, season one has come and gone, and I, you know, I think they're working on season two now. So they, but they have a lot of properties that are that are out there in in TV right now, um, to the point that I I don't think there's anyone who can reasonably watch all of them. Like if 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 DC makes another TV show and they're making like five, you're going to be in the same boat. Where like you know, five years ago, I could tell you that if there was a superhero genre show on TV, I watched it. Yeah, no, and and that's not possible anymore. It's like. Hey, the superhero genre on TV is now like having uh, like saying you've watched all crime procedurals, yeah. you know, it, it's it's just too wide of a band now. Oh, no, no, I, I don't disagree with you on that. And I, but and I think I, my point is, I don't think you're going to see necessarily less quality content. What they may do is really refocus what what they want to put out there. I, I, here's what I do think. No matter how much you see little little or big, more or less, you know, higher or lower, I think the quality level has a better chance of being higher than, than it is now. But that's kind of my point. And, and I would be okay if they show, if there was less stuff out there that lasted one or two seasons and it was really good. And I think that's one of the things that Disney, well, really the Marvel machine right now, what they can do real well, they branched out into Netflix and they, they, they did really well. They, I, they, to me, that's a great example of, Hey, what are you know? Would Disney be afraid to make this into an MCU movie? There's absolutely some storylines and some properties that they just bought that I would 100% agree with that statement on. However, that doesn't mean they don't have other ways to take those take those really popular uh, you know characters, story arcs, or or kind of tones, if you will, and then inject them out there somewhere and I and in some way still make money because I guarantee you, Netflix might be making those, but Marvel slash Disney is making some cash off the defenders. I, I will say that I actually don't mind the the one thing. I know this is like two minutes past this now, but I actually don't mind your one or two season shows, like because you end up seeing even if they don't work long term, you end up seeing different approaches that you wouldn't. Yeah, just I'll out of that. the successes. I'll buy that totally. Um. Oh, and then uh, speaking of the uh, the the defender shows, are you are are you pumped for for Iron Fist season two? Because that's coming. So no, but oh I will say this for the uh, the trailer that they put out last week. You know, with with all the big woo trailers that everybody's throwing out, I did watch those. Clearly, the message was sent that Finn Jones does not look like a man that can take nor throw a punch. Clearly, because the and they they made if you'll notice in the, uh, the Iron Fist trailer there was a they made a they made a point of kind of highlighting a, a pretty good street fight scene with him, and that probably fifth what is it fifteen or twenty seconds that looked better than he looked in anything that I'd seen him before. So probably uh, they have been working with him a lot so that he doesn't look totally like a like you know some metrosexual marshmallow. Uh, so I'm willing maybe to give this another go maybe but i gotta see a little more so i'm gonna i'm gonna extend the hand at the the olive branch to the iron fist if finn jones can put about another 15 pounds of muscle on maybe get some prison tats and look like he can actually take and throw a punch i might be back on board maybe 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 <laughs> no i think it's really good talk guys i think there's a lot of stuff that could be coming down the pipeline for this and it, it's going to be really cool to see what they come up with so i'm looking forward to it so let's move this along real quick here so jay did you ever watch castlevania season one 
the Netflix uh, cartoons? I did after after much ballyhoo and prodding from unnamed people that I happen yeah. to be on the podcast yeah. with. <laughs> right what did you think of it? I actually thought like so. I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm not a massive anime fan. There's there's some of them I like really really well, or I, they're they're really high in my list of uh, kind of favorite properties. But it was. It was well done. I don't know really anything about the whole Castlevania, you know, manga and anime lore. Fan. I don't know how well that ties into anything. I, I, I just know what I know from the old video games. Um, I actually thought it was it was not bad. It, it was it was as well done, well well produced. It was a little little weird, uh, a little weird weirder than what I thought it would be for like in my mind a uh, like a video game cartoon, but it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would not have watched I, it had you guys not told me to, but I'm glad that I watched it. Let me that way. Yeah. No, I, 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 I was a big fan of it. I'm not, I didn't play the Castlevania games when they came out cause they were like a while ago, um, before me, but, uh, I did pick up on this one and I really liked that. I was very surprised. Cause I mean, usually you hear video game adaptation into a movie and or series and you just kind of groan and go, okay, well, let's see how bad it's going to be. Um, but I, I thought it was done really well and it, received really good praise when it came out so much so that after the first day of it being released uh netflix greenlit season two so people have been kind of eagerly waiting for season two to come out and we're finally getting got a release date on that so that is coming out october 26th is castlevania season two and the trailer looks pretty badass i'm i'm yeah. very hyped for it um good news is that it's actually twice as long as last season so the first season was four episodes and truth be told they it played more like a movie that was broken into four parts um so it you know it, it flowed decently well but it, it still felt kind of broken up so i'm kind of curious on how they're gonna handle this one but uh it being eight episodes long is is promising so i'm i'm very much looking forward to this that's gonna be on the 26th of october this year so are they do you think they're gonna make any more death note Good God, I hope not. <laughs> I really wanted that Jesus. to be good. I wanted that to be so good. Oh, it was so bad. Like it, the it only <laughs> the only part that was good was William Defoe, and that's just because he's a great yeah, voice he, actor. Yeah, he's wicked good in, in pretty much anything. It, it could have just been a show about him, like before or after the show. I'm like, we don't need a plot of other stuff. Just have him talking. That's great. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was just bad. When you change the main character to be something totally different from what he was like not even remotely close to the original character it just it all falls apart and that was terrible oh and i'm also getting the nod from zell here that he wants to talk about the uh alita battle angel trailer that came out and how creepy i, I think just, the whole I thing just, is i just wanted to make you suffer there was a new oh. trailer for it oh. i can't get past the eyes i just I, I can't people have praised it they think that's cool it it is it nails like the dead center of the uncanny valley and just makes it, the whole thing works, unwatchable. A technique that works really well on cartoon does not translate really well to live action. Yeah, they just... No. And this is the whole reason he waited this long to do it. It's like, he, he's... James Cameron said he... he, he the the technology to make the movie the way he wanted didn't exist and like the robot arms and stuff that's not hard we've been able to do that for a long time this is all about the supposedly realistic looking completely not real looking face that's oh scary and that's the thing is that the, the besides that part the whole thing looks gorgeous like it, this is totally the kind of movie i would like to watch but that 
her eyes are so creepy. I, I don't even like watching the trailer because it's so weird. Um, and it's a shame because I like James Cameron too. And he puts together really good stuff, but that design choice is just too weird for me. I, I mean, I'm sitting there. If you, if you extrapolate this out, um, I, and you look at a lot of the other sort of uh, like Japan style, you know, anime esque type style type stuff, like they they've flirted with trying to make like a Macross movie or you know a Robotech movie. Uh, for what most people in the U.S. would understand, like a, a Robotech movie for many, many, many years. If they tried to do that in a movie like that, it would be horrible. Horrible. It'd be horrendous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I I don't know that much about Alita Battle Angel other than I've seen, you know, I think Blu-rays of, of it before. I've never watched one. But I do know that that's just a, that's a that's a rough choice because he's pro- he's probably putting a lot into that movie. At least oh, that's sure. my understanding. Yeah, no, I, I know nothing about it as well, but just mm, no, I, I, it's gonna be a pass for me. It's <laughs> just because of that. Yeah, it's not a hard pass, but it's 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 definitely one that I'm gonna. I I'm just not sure I could I can get behind. Yeah, I mean, if if it comes out and people are like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, and it's yeah, fantastic. I'll be like, okay, fine, I'll go see it, but. It's not one I'm going to seek so out and take I'll a risk on. So I'll you and I'll let you know. Let, let me know, okay. and then we'll we'll as, take your you'll take your as, opinion with a lot of salt. As the token, I saw Fantastic Four in theaters by myself. I I will take this one on for you as well. I, I'm going to tell you, were you the I, only one in the theater? Oh God, he might have been. <laughs> <laughs> for that showing, I think there was maybe one or two others. Yeah, it was. It was um, I'm trying to remember. It, it had been out for like it wasn't. It wasn't like even opening weekend. So there, it was. It was dead. It I'm, I'm going to tell as you. Dead as it gets. Like, I, once I got wind of that movie, that was one of the. T- we didn't talk about this on the podcast. I thought about this. But I was like, you know, if there was ever a way, we all like just like linked up in Chicago and did you know like Biomass Con, aka like five or six was getting together and like having a beer. Um, that is exactly the movie that I would want us to all go in. And set up like a mystery science theater three thousand yes. and do that. That would be amazing. That would be the that would probably be one of my top three shows that I'd want all of us to get together on. Fly like we'll we'll fly to Chicago. It's a nice city. Or you guys come to Detroit where I'm at. And we'll we'll go get the nicest theater ever that we can find and we will watch that. Because it would be awesome. <laughs> Only if we pre drink before before the, the screening. Oh yeah, happens. absolutely. Livy and I watch sit down. We'll we'll intentionally find like one two star movies like on Amazon Prime for like you know a dollar to rent and then just shit talk the whole time. It's fantastic. I did th- we did that with uh, with imagine a theater of about a hundred and fifty angry military people deployed overseas and uh, they gave us the Blair Witch Project for a movie. Oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> you want to you want to talk about a rough crowd? Woo! <laughs> oh, of all the films they could have shown you, they picked that oh, for that crowd. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty rough. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh my gosh. You have my condolences. Okay, so moving along, some more gaming-related stuff. So Jay this weekend was um, browsing on the YouTube's and found a trailer for uh, some some uh, Destiny weapons for the new Forsaken expansion, and then pretty much went into a full about as much of a nerd out I've ever seen you have Jay. So <laughs> what'd you, what'd you think of that one? Uh, so the short answer is uh, again, Bungie's Bungie's doing, they're doing everything they can to demonstrate 
that Forsaken is is you know a page forward in in the entire Destiny sort of saga. Uh, I, before I go into my thoughts, since you've been away from Destiny and you're sort of my litmus test on what do you think it looks like, what did you think of that? And did you also see the uh, the trailer that showed all the new uh, all the new supers and all the new superpowers and stuff they had? Ooh, I missed the super one. I can okay. watch that in a second. Yeah, but the weapon one. If you one, thought the weapon um... one was was over the top, shazam! <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me, tell me what you thought since you're since I, I'm I'm on board for Destiny generally, and you know I, I want to you know I want to fight to make it good. But since you've been away from the game for quite a while, what did you think? So it, it was it was nice to see, especially with some of the exotics they were showing off. That one of the complaints I've had throughout destiny 2 is that the exotics all felt kind of tame um they were playing it safe they were like nice tweaks and buffs but nothing kind of like crazy over the top like you might expect um because destiny 1 had a lot of those where it was like significant changes like you know double grenades or double melee or you know special like quad four damage to melee kills while cloaked like really cool stuff you could really build an entire fit and play style around and i didn't really feel that in um destiny 2 initially but with some of this stuff they were showing I, I got that vibe again where it was like i could i could think of a way to play and kind of make that work so the one that like popped out to me was like i think it was called the sixth coyote for the hunters where you get like the double yep. sidestep i was like holy shit because the way i play i i love that sidestep like, step. yeah yeah it's 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 my brother often looks over my shoulder. He's like, you play like a total asshole in this game. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but like th- that, like that, like perked my interest. Like, Ooh, like I could really make that work. Cause that works well for me. Cause it's a significant change. And a lot of the weapons they were showing were again, kind of over the top or the armor's kind of over the top, which is fun. Like that's what makes like borderlands fun because you've got like, you know, a gun that is like chain lightning. Like, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that really makes it exciting and you feel truly powerful and i feel like they're trying to make a big shift back towards that because it that's what made the first game fun and they lost a lot of that it's good to see them kind of going that direction again livy how about you did you see it i did see it um i like the game so of course seeing that's gonna get me back on board but it's all about um, how long i'll stay (laughs) now i got you so my, my overall thought was uh they're supposed to have about 15 exotic weapons that they're 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 dropping with Forsaken. So if you count them up in the trailer, you saw, you know, half that. Um, Cause they definitely have a lot of things they want to keep as a secret. So uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like one of the big problems in D2 was they basically spent a lot of time trying to fix a game that wasn't broken. And they very much sort of vanillaized a lot of stuff. Well, what they have been doing in the, in the, in, in game right now. And then particularly what you see in Forsaken is how do they, they totally turn stuff up to 11 when it's appropriate. So they did that with the supers and I highly recommend you, you quick, do a quick YouTube on that game informers got a video on it. It's not, it's not very long. And uh, they, they have dramatically changed the, the capabilities of the guardians uh, in, in terms of that. Like for example, you know, one of the Titan abilities, you can fly like Superman and like land like a, like a missile, like literally you control yourself in flight. That's pretty cool. You get a uh, like the world's biggest kamihamiha with a uh, an oh arc warlock. You get uh, like a knife version, a knife centric version of the gunslinger. You get a legit support class like uh, so the Dawnblade warlock. He can 
he comes out and he spikes his sword. He basically, basically makes a super rift that's both healing and empowering, and it's about twice the size of a normal rift, and it does all kind of other stuff for you. And he can throw healing grenades, and he can healing punch. <laughs> so A healing punch? I think so. Well, he can definitely throw a healing grenade. So you can basically you can charge a grenade and turn it into a healing grenade and throw it, or you can throw it like a regular grenade and kill stuff with it. Warlock's got like freaking medi fists. Word. <laughs> so th they are really wrapping up a lot of different a different stuff in terms of how they want to do that from a gameplay standpoint. And the neutral games are all wildly different, by the way, wildly different. Um, but these these exotic weapons, again, some of them, De Destiny does they the look and feel of the game is often very difficult to to poke at, you know. Uh, they all looked really good. I thought the one that was called uh, A Thousand Voices was wicked awesome. It's like this oh, big Jesus. bone and dragon looking beam rifle that spits burning laser napalm that explodes on, on you. It's like a, you know, it literally looks like a beam of magma. And when it hits the ground, it sticks. You can run a trail with it, you know, hashtag waiting for penis pics, you know, to make it on YouTube. Um, but then it explodes, you know, so... They're coming up with some pretty creative-looking stuff, as far as I can tell. Uh, the bows, I'm very excited for those. You see that with the wall hack one? Oh, yeah. The wish ender? That's, oh, man. That's fun. <laughs> that looks wicked. I figured that'd be something you'd get into, look something like that. And the other thing they've done yeah. is they've definitely – you can if you look at the, the exotic pieces, some are – that is really a PvP piece. That's what that is really, really – you know, kind of honed down for is like crucible. That is clearly a PVE piece. There's a, there's a couple that were kind of like, yeah, that'd be good. Sort of like, you know, general purpose wherever, but there's, you know, definitely going down the road of like making big niche differentiations where you got to make hard choices about what you want to be able to do uh, by the exotics you carry. Phenomenal. So uh, overall, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked by that. I think, uh, I think it just went kind of further along with the, uh, you know, kind of the Forsaken hype. What was a bigger thing than that trailer? Uh, do you remember Black Hammer from Destiny 1? Or Black it, Spindle, rather? Black Spindle, yeah, yeah, the rifle. Okay, so have you heard about the, the secret quest that popped up the, last week? Yeah, you were telling us a little bit about it. Yeah, it sounded so pretty, pretty it, badass. It is over-the-top good. Uh, I, I spent several hours playing. Still don't have the rifle. Uh, it, it is a very, very difficult thing to pull off and you've got to do it in 20 minutes. That's it's, it's a, it's a timed event. Uh, once you find the event, you know, once you find the right secret to get into it and all this other kind of jazz, but it's, it's beautiful custom music. The setting is awesome. Uh, it is extraordinarily difficult. Like the platforming phase hats off to the people that went through that thing and mapped it out. Cause I w it would have taken me days to figure that thing out. Uh, had I not had like a couple of people trying to backpack them through that, at uh, you know, the, when I first tried it, the you know, the fights themselves, incredibly challenging, like super, super hard. Um, and there's a lot of tie-ins. In fact, there's there's a very clear tie-in to the Vault of Glass actually hidden inside there. So, you know, Bungie was queried very, you know, in their live stream the other day, like, hey, is this the kind of thing we can expect to see more of in Forsaken? And they all started laughing. They were like, absolutely. Um that has me back on board. And there's a ton of lore too, like like all the story building that they're trying to do. So short answer, the trailer, it kind of fed a little bit more hype is maybe in the wrong word, 
but it sort of gave me one more layer of like, I think, I think they might be turning a corner on this. Yeah. I mean, it looks to me like a lot of the small little things that we're seeing and they're kind of hinting at if like this, this example you have right here with the, the kind of almost like a mini raid for like a party of three, that is absolutely what I have wanted. Um, and I like having those like stretch goals, like those challenge goals. Like I can do this and get this weapon, but it's going to be pretty tough, but I don't need to get like a whole raid group of six guys together. Cause that that's hard for scheduling. And I, I struggle with that to get a group big enough that all can do it at the same time. So if I can do it with like a group of three people and have some cool challenging content with a good reward at the end, that's exactly what I felt the game was missing. And if that's kind of what they're expecting to kind of inject into this forsaken expansion, I'm on board for it. That sounds really badass. Yep. No. So short answer. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's looking pretty good. And yeah, just watching the super trailer, it looks it looks really cool. I like a lot of stuff they're doing. I'll have to listen with sound in a second um, to kind of get his commentary. But visually, it looks really nice, and I, I think it'll be fun to to play around with it and actually so kind of get a feel for different stuff. Pay attention to the Void Hunter. Me thinks that you will like that. Imagine is that, that the dagger one yes. that he was kind of going crazy with? Yes. Yeah. And you can spend yeah. a whole lot of time invisible because of the way your neutral grain worked. Now imagine that with the the uh, sixth coyote chess piece. Mm-hmm. Double double shade step, and then you stay invisible much much longer. I think you like it. Yeah, I mean that was that was it was funny. I was talking to Livy about um, kind of the differences between Destiny One and Two earlier today, and that actually came up that I in the in the first game like your options for invisibility were much more robust um, with the hunter, and they took a lot of that away, and it it really forced me to change my play style because I was a very you know, like I said, play like an asshole, uh, cloak and run around and hide and strafe and that's in um, flank and that sort of thing. So if I'm getting more of that, um, yeah, that will be really fun for Crucible. Yep. Thank you. Right. Should be good. Uh, in other news for Destiny 2, did you see the uh, Grimoire book they're coming out with? Yes, I did. That um, looks really cool. And in fact, that's so the guy that helped put that together, his name's Matt. Uh, he you can find him under Mylan Games uh, on YouTube. He's a he's pretty much in the same circle as Bife, uh, like James Byford, the guy that does My Name is Bife. It's, it's really, really fantastic lore videos for things like Warframe and Destiny and stuff like that. R- really good content that you see on YouTube. But uh, Mylan <clears throat> was a uh, uh, been a content creator for Destiny for a long time, Did some, does really, really cool lore videos. And they were up at the community summit they had several weeks or several months ago now. And he was one of the people they invited up. And at, apparently there, he did a really good job of kind of describing to them what people think about the lore and why, you know, why certain things should be captured in certain ways. So they basically hired him to help curate that book. Uh, so he's very much the uh, the driver creatively behind how that book was put together. And, and that's, I believe, volume one of I think two or three, 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 I think. Yeah, no, it looks really nice, uh, really sleek, hardcover, nice kind of a gold foil, it looks like, on the, on the cover for the design. It's only $25, which is actually much cheaper than other similar products for other games. So the, the price tag is is really nice, and it looks really solid. So I might grab this one as well. I think it looked really good on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. We've got, like, the collection of Eve art books and lore books, so it's, we'll have to go next to that. Mm. Yeah, that's actually one I wouldn't mind getting, just because... The, the the really if you ever really used to dig into the grimoire and stuff like there's some 
really, really creative stuff that they put into that. And it's a shame that it, you have to dig for some of it because they, they, whoever they had operating on the kind of the story component of destiny over, over time, uh, they've, you know, some really neat stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's much more robust than what you get from the game. So I'm always appreciative of the people who put the work in for writing the lore and those for, you know, the kind of like Bife and, and, and Myland who put it together in a more digestible format. Cause it's, it's good stuff. You just don't get a lot of it through like actual gameplay, which is a shame. True. So moving along here, uh, we've all heard of Fallout 76, talked a bit about it um, when E3 was rolling around. But interesting thing popped up this last week that everyone was kind of like very confused about because this thing called Fallout Miami started showing up with a really cool, well done trailer, voice acted, you know, brand new area, new monsters, enemies, guns, that sort of thing. And my brother was like, is this real? Like, I thought they were doing Fallout 76. So it, it was fooling people on the point of it looked so good that it looked like it was made by Bethesda. And it was actually a mod that this group of people have put together for Fallout 4. And it is huge, the scope they're doing. So, like, you know, you have, like, your base Fallout game, and they'll release, like, expansions. It usually comes with, like, a new map, like, a new location you travel to. It's not as big as the original map. It's usually, like, a quarter of the size or so, which is still sizable with new story, voice acting, that sort of thing. This mod, which is going to be free, by the way, has all of that. It's about the same size in terms of, you know, map area. It's all new stuff, new creatures, that sort of thing. Um, and it's voice acted like the production quality is off the charts for this. Wow. If you watch the trailer insane. And it's funny because people are actually kind of now giving this better press attention than they are the actual next fallout game, fallout 76, because it's kind of the single player experience that people have expected and wanted from the next fallout game being delivered on the same quality and scale as an official expansion. Um, and you can't beat the price tag. So it, it's crazy the the feedback people are giving on this. That's mm, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, like it's if you want to play it, it's on PC only. I don't think they have any plans for uh, console release because it's it's hard to do the mods there, um, and you'll have to own all of the DLC up until you know all the official DLC for Fallout Four because they used parts of the assets and that sort of thing. And I don't think they have plans for making a non DLC required version. But if you're you know, up to date and you have all of that stuff for Fallout 4 on PC. This is crazy. Like if, if I was still playing that game and had it on PC, I would absolutely pick this up and donate to these guys because the quality is absolutely incredible. Now I'm going to definitely edit that out. Yeah. It, it's worth looking at just to kind of see the level. I was telling Olivia earlier. It's, it's amazing. You have content creators and just over the years, the quality that's gone up for, you know, YouTube for, um, mods, that sort of thing. Like it's it's rising to the point where this is basically as good as what you're getting from the official studio, and that's, it's it's worth what PUBG getting started them... as. That was, that was <laughs> that's a mod. true, and that it was yep, just like a lot of the games based off of you know the a lot of those are based off of Arma, right? Yeah, like yeah. Um, there's Daisy a whole and lot of stuff and... that they basically took the Arma shell for and uh, did reskins and you know mods to them and, and sort of used that as a baseline game. Yeah, so it, it's. I know nothing about modding. I typically play a lot of my games on console. I do do PC, but I don't get into the modding scene much. But I can only imagine this was an insurmountable amount of work. And they've got a quite a team working on this. I think there's probably like 
uh, maybe like 20 guys. If you look on their website, you can actually see how, like who is involved. But, you know, if, if you pick this up, donate to these guys, like the amount of work they put in is astronomical and they, they deserve, you know, um, a little help for an appreciation for what they've done. Hey, so since Bethesda is being super cool and letting uh, console players mod their, their games, have you seen anything um, on the website about that maybe coming to Xbox or, um, or PS4? Everybody hates no, Xbox, so. There's, there's no plans for gotcha. that. And I think that has to do with some of the difficulties and limitations that the console mods have. Gotcha. This is so much larger that I think they're, they're just going to kind of stick with the PC. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, though. I actually think that Xbox is going to be in better shape. You know, my, Microsoft in general is, is better positioned right now than Sony, unless Sony kind of gets their, their act together. And, and we've talked about this before. It wouldn't surprise me that if it, what they really want to do is figure out a way that PC and console is all in one gaming pool and there's not really a difference. It's just, hey, your PC fits under your TV and theirs is on a desk. You know, I guarantee you that's what their, their end game is. And like Phil Spencer of Microsoft said uh, at E3 that the, the, the Xbox team and, and Microsoft is starting to build the architecture for the for the next the next uh iteration of xbox so maybe that is something that we'll see um teased maybe um this coming e3 or even the next one but i i think you're right about that yeah i think one of the i I remember what you're talking about now in fact i think one of the things that's that spencer kind of elaborated on he's like they view uh they what they're trying to figure out is like how do you just how do you just make a game and you can play the same game? And they really viewed the Xbox as just another computer because that's kind of what it is. Like they just view like, how do you just start treating it like another computer that, that you got to play on? So, how, so it's probably more about, um, you know, somebody that's comfortable playing in a console setting and, and kind of with controllers and stuff like that versus, you know, people that don't, you know, like, you know, like Zell plays, he's a keyboard and mouse ninja, whereas, you know, I generally don't. I'm pretty much all console uh, with a controller. So, how how do you merge those interface? You know, not just the keyboard, not the physical controller, but just the interface type stuff. I think that I think it's a lot easier for them to get to that than than any other direction. Yeah, I think that's definitely the direction they'll be going with it. So just a quick reminder for Monster Hunter World players, the uh, Final Fantasy XIV crossover event where they're adding the behemoth and all of the armor and weapons that come with that is this uh, Thursday, so August 2nd. That is dropping live. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll give you my thoughts on it uh, next show. Another small tidbit before we kind of go into some final thoughts here. Uh, so CCP kind of came out and it, it was kind of an interesting uh, Twitter release just kind of talking about how they have several projects in the works. You know, we, we obviously know about uh, a couple with like Project Nova. They also mentioned that they're currently working on a MMO game that's not EVE, it's a different MMO that's kind of action-oriented. It's been unannounced, there's no information on it, just gamer doing something. Um, so no word if it's a New Eden game or if it's something different, but uh, that was kind of interesting. And they said that all of their games that are currently in development are going to be based off of Unreal 4 and that they're kind of working with Epic um, to, you know, deliver these games. And they're really kind of leaning heavily into the Unreal 4 engine, which isn't surprising. It's kind of a, a thing to do these days. And, you know, since Epic just got estimated its value at like $8 billion, I think, is that last <laughs> month. Um, I can't imagine why, uh, you know, obviously people have a lot of faith in the product for Unreal 4. So it was kind of interesting. Um, kind of curious to see what they're working on. 
the comment sections of these news articles are absolutely hilarious um, because would, people are. Yeah, I would love to go on the EVE forums if I wasn't afraid I'd have to like wrap myself in like three ply plastic before I got onto that forum again. But uh, <laughs> just to watch the reaction to something like that, because oh yeah, you guys used to remember like the the, ex the explosion of, of like, uh, you know, nerd hatred they had over stuff like uh, just Dust 514 being on on PlayStation 3. I can only imagine with announcements like that, they've got to be going bananas. Oh yeah. Eve players. And, and this isn't just Eve players, but a lot of, a lot of gamers, they, they have this notion that if a company is making a game and supporting a game that you're playing, that every cent you put into your account needs to go immediately straight back into the product you're using. Um, and they don't understand that a lot of companies have R and D budgets, which is used specifically for, making other products so yeah the eve nerd rage is of course always very steep um given ccp's track record of projects that uh, don't pan out so well putting it nicely so we'll, we'll have to see um what this project is and kind of it's it's full scope but i imagine it's probably a ways off before we'll get much concrete details on that so the last thing that I've got, uh, I was going to talk about the PS Plus uh, exclusives, uh, the, bonus, the freebies for the month of August. Unfortunately, since the way that kind of everything lines up on the calendar, that has not been announced yet. So we'll probably get out to you next week with those. However, Xbox has announced theirs, so I'll hand this off to Bait. What free games do Xbox Gold players get this month, Bait? Right. So um, for the, the entire month of August, uh, for your Xbox One, you're going to get uh, Forza Horizon 2. And if my Forza knowledge serves me correctly, that is the open world uh, racing game. So that's the first through the thirty-first of uh, of August, um, and then uh, for the the other Xbox uh, One game, you're going to get For Honor. Uh, that's the Ubisoft um, kind of um, third-person uh, uh, I don't know what to call it uh, fighting game, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and that's the 16th of, of the month through September 15th. And then sliding on over to 360, um, Dead Space 3 for the first 15 days of August, and then Epic Mickey 2 for the remaining uh, 15 or 16 days of the month. All right, sounds good. All right, guys, anything else you have before we do shout-outs here? Um, no Man's Sky dropped their big patch. Has anybody uh, gotten a chance to play that? I, I have heard that... People are going just nuts yeah. about it. I, I've not been able to, like, I, I don't play it or anything like that. I've been meaning to look up some videos, but I've absolutely heard a buzz about it, though. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think about what maybe five or six people from, from uh, Incor have picked it up, and it, we, we've been talking nonstop about that. Um, and, you know, they seem to like it. So it's just a shame that it took Hello Games this long to deliver on their product. Yeah, I have heard that it's it's not it's obviously still the same game, but it is a very ambitious uh, update. Though I have heard they've been having some issues on consoles with uh, the CPUs getting overheated on on the oh, engine really? with the updates. So they they boosted the graphics, I think, and I think they might need to maybe readjust a few things because some people were complaining that there's a lot of overheating issues right, right now. I wonder why they decided to boost the graphics. I thought the game looked looked fine. It, it looks a lot better. Like it was, it was a beautiful yeah. game to begin with. But they, they definitely did something and, and made it look a lot, a lot prettier. So I, I gotta give them credit there. But yeah, I've heard there. I can't confirm, um, but you know, I've heard there were some issues with uh, console specifically on hmm. overheating. Okay, guys, let's do some shoutouts here and then kind of close this one up. So my shoutout. I'm not an Overwatch player, but my brother is an avid Nerf gun collector, modder, 
whatever. Uh, and he kind of threw me a link uh, just a minute ago about uh, a Nerf gun that's being released for, like, I guess, um, Reaper in Overwatch. His guns, they're making a Nerf gun of those guns, which looks really cool. So you can be super edgy now uh, in real life as well as in the game. So shout out to those because that's, that's pretty cool to see kind of games crossing over into some, you know, some of those fun play toys. Uh, Livy, what about you? Um, I don't know. I don't really have much of a shout out. I usually do, but uh, I don't know. Killing me. <laughs> All right. My voice is going. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, allergy season's in full bloom here, so we're all suffering from from <laughs> throat issues. Uh, Zell, what about you, buddy? Uh, shout out to Alita Battle Angel for making Pokey say that anime was a mistake. <laughs> anime is sometimes a mistake. On the top rope. Uh, all right, thanks. Uh, You're up. So I want to I want to start off my shadow with getting a big ball to uh, the Florida man uh, in Jacksonville who chased people uh, around the convenience store with a live alligator. Um, Florida man. I, I don't have any words. For I that. mean, yeah. Uh, there, there really are no words other than to just tip your hat and uh, and congratulate this this hero uh, that the entire state needed. Um, and then my second shout out. Um, actually, I, I got a text message from a from a student of mine. I teach I teach martial arts uh, twice a week, and uh, one of my students just uh, sent me a text message that said that he had to he, he had to use his training to defend himself uh, in a in a bar fight. So I want to give a shout out to him for. Uh, having the, uh, the the clarity of mind to be able to recall um, what he learned, um, that extremely proud of him, um, and, and kind of proud of myself. Not gonna lie. So uh, my other shout out is gonna go to him and uh, all of the martial arts instructors throughout the world. Hey, let us know if he gets charged with anything. No, he week. actually didn't. Um, the the other guy had to get stitches, <laughs> and the the cops are are carting his ass to jail. So let me let me know if he gets charged with anything, or he's. Or he's serviced with some sort of like civil suit. Just, you think? just let me know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stranger cool. stuff, man. It's fine. But no, that's good on you, though. What uh, style of martial arts do you Interesting. That's very cool, man. I did not know that, that about cool. you after how many years you've been doing this. <laughs> that's cool. All right, NJ, you're up. Yeah, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Nathan Fillion uh, for, for three reasons. Uh, one, it was 100% confirmed that he didn't play Cade 6 in the new Forsaken um, expansion, which is kind of unfortunate, even, even though like, so it's the death of Cade, but it basically they had Nolan North coming in and take over. So there was, there was some buzz like, hey, man, Cade's voice sounds a little off like in some of the cutscenes, uh, but nobody could put their finger on it, but it was confirmed that uh, Fillion did not uh, reprise the role of Cade, much to many people's chagrin. Two... Uh, he did a great job in this like ten minute fan fan film yes. of Nathan Drake. Yes. He did it was it was really good. I was like, dude, make that movie. I'd be all about that. Um, he looked good. Like he he does that kind of character really really well. I'd be like, yeah, yeah that, that, that was well done. Yes. Um, and then number three. I, so this got me thinking. Um, my challenge to all you guys: go find movies. Where somebody we would all recognize, you know, you know, watching, you know, all, all the all the nerdly stuff that we do and talk about. Go find a movie where there's a big star that has a bit role that you never knew about, and and then you go like, oh my god, is that who? So 
Nathan Fillion brought this to mind. Um, in Saving Private Ryan, he was the soldier. He was Ted Danson's soldier in that early scene in the movie where they first came up and they're like, hey, are you uh, James whoever, blah, 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 the, you know, Matt Damon's character. Had, he had the same name. Um, Ted Danson and Tom Hanks talking. They're like, yeah, I got a soldier. I think he's one of mine. Okay, it's this guy. So the, the big soldier that comes running up and they have this scene where Tom Hanks ha has to tell him his brother's dead. And, he, and then he's, he's breaking down and then, you know, he, he's like, yeah, no, I only have one brother, not like five or whatever it was. And, uh, or no, it's like something about one of his brothers is too young to join the army. And they realized it was the wrong soldier that they just told his family died. That was Nathan Fillion. So, and, and I never, I was like, what? So I had to go back and I actually went back and found the clip and sure as shit, that was Nathan Fillion. And it was, I think maybe his first movie role ever. So that's my challenge to you guys. Go out and find something like that uh, maybe for the next week or so. Something you wouldn't have thought about. Uh, big name star, some, somebody we watch in some small piece somewhere that uh, we've probably seen and overlooked. So those are my shout outs slash weekly, weekly bounties slash challenges to the group. Weekly bounties. <laughs> bounties. I think every crappy movie I watch has like, Wait, that person's in here? Ooh, but they don't like that. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's definitely some of those out there. Okay, so you gotta walk me through this real quick because I'm 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 confused. So Nolan North plays the voice of the ghost, right? Yes. And he also plays the voice of Nathan Drake from Uncharted. Yes. Okay. So now Nolan North is taking over the voice of Cade, yes. who was played by Nathan Fillion, who did the live action of Nathan Drake in a fan made Uncharted film. They're Absolutely. So they basically just switched their jobs. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was confused. That's crazy. I saw, they both I, sat in front of the well and said, I want your life, man. I saw a clip of Nolan North. Who is a, who, he is a legitimately super talented mm -hmm. voice actor. And that, that dude does a lot. Like if you look at him up on IMDb, the number of games and uh, like animated stuff that he does is like redonkulous. I saw a clip of a real, a real short clip. I think it was like a, it was a con clip, you know, like a comic con or something like that. An SDDC thing where, um, he's getting interviewed and he does like six or seven totally different characters all in the space of, a, of about 90 seconds to two minutes. And it was spot on good. Like really, really good. I mean, it's just it wasn't just a guy that was like tuning his accent a little bit. It was like literally like just full on different characters, accents, styles. I mean, he was really good. It was, it was a neat dis neat display. But apparently, he was good enough to pull it off with you know mimicking Nathan Fillion's Cade that people were like, I'm just I'm not sure, but something doesn't sound right. But I don't know. I you know they couldn't quite put their finger on it until they until it was confirmed. That's that's crazy. No, that's that's really crazy that it all kind of worked out that way for for this this franchise and what they've been doing. It's, it's nuts between the two of them. That is. Oh yeah. All right, guys. I think that is good for the episode. Then, uh, as always, if you want to be on the show, if you want to give us a topic to talk about, a game to play, something to review, let us know. Go to biomass.com and give us a ring. But that being said, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.